Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good afternoon to those in the world that are not of Christ. Um, I haven't been on for about two weeks um, because I wanted people to meditate on my previous podcast about how God spoke to me in the morning about those who are with me will not take the vaccine. His voice is very audibly clear, and I've had it before. Um, within uh, a situation I mentioned about someone who was in Christ living in sin and God told me to send Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 um, slander in the church is an abomination to God anyone who does that within the faith will be severely, severely punished serious business any Christian who is a Christian wouldn't do that anyway so, period um, John 6, 4, 4 no one comes to Jesus unless the Father sends them. So, if you are really a Christian, you'll be born again of spirit and water, John 3, 5. And you'll be a changed character through sanctification, Romans 6, 7, 8. But what I want to talk about today is something called Faith Like David. That's still going to be a heading of my podcast, Faith Like David. Little David, which later became King David, was a young lad that had so much faith and trust in the God of Israel that he beat Goliath. He didn't beat Goliath because of his strength and size in his body stature. He was a young lad, long boy. He didn't have tons of armour, an army behind him. But what he did have behind him was the God of Israel, Yahweh. Yeshua in the spirit he had them all behind him and he had so much faith that he had more faith than any other man in Israel at the time that he knew he could beat Goliath and he did because he had faith and in 1 Samuel 17 chapter 17 he talks about there in verse 45 about he has the God of Israel that's behind him the God of Israel will punish him and deal with all of those that come against Israel and I want you to understand that if you have faith like David, faith in Jesus, like, like David had with Yahweh the Father, right? you can move anything. You can conquer anything in your life. The Father will step in through the Son right, and deal with any issue in your life. And it's about having faith, having trust. Like I'm going through persecution right now, and I'll be going to a crown court. I've been accused of something I never did. And it does bother me. I'll be honest, it does bother me. And if I didn't have the rest of Jesus, if I didn't have the faith in Jesus that I have, I'll be really worried right now. I'll be really upset. It would affect my health. And it has been sometimes because, you know, we all do it. We all step into our own understanding. When God says in Proverbs 6, lean on my understanding, not yours. And we end up trusting in ourselves and what we should do. And the Lord reminds me, Steve, I'm here. Let me deal with it. And Satan got me good and proper last week. I didn't even see it coming, but this is what he does. Satan brought something into my life that sounded just as good as what the Lord was doing. So I was with the current solicitors where I live, and he's really good. And if I'd been patient and just 
allow the law to work, I stepped out because Satan brought along another solicitor who's ex-forces like me, who lives halfway down the country, right? And I went with him instead, and now I regret it. But the Lord is in charge. He will bring me back to my original sisters. But this is what Satan does. He can bring in something that sounds just as good as what God has brought to you. But it's got a twist with it. And I didn't feel restful in the spirit. And the Lord showed me that later on. With me, Steve, you're completely rested in the spirit. Right? Me now, four years a Christian, a Christian evangelist, preacher, who's got a calling as an evangelist, as a teacher, in prophecy, and even in singing. But I don't think I'd be good at singing because if I started to worship, I'll start crying because I love the Lord so much. But I want to talk today about faith like David. Have faith in Jesus. Have faith that he's done it all on the cross. He suffered mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it wasn't just Jesus that suffered on that cross. The Father and the Spirit suffered as well. And Jesus talks about that in the Garden of Gethsemane before the day he was crucified. Well, arrested and then crucified. But I want you to focus on faith like David. If you read 1 Samuel 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17, just read it. And it's powerful how this little boy had so much faith and he beat Goliath. He stood on him, chopped his head off and beat him. A little boy, not a man, not a warrior, not an army, a boy. Because he had so much faith in his father, he who is in heaven. He trusted in him fully. And if you trust in God fully with all of your heart, Jeremiah 29 verse 13, seek me with all of your heart and you will find me. Trust God with all of your heart. Proverbs 42, as a deer pants for water, so does my heart pant for you, O Lord. This is the faith that we must have because persecution is coming and it's going to come on levels that you can't even begin to imagine. In Nero's day, they were using people as lanterns in the street. They'll cover them in bitumen and set them alight. That's not going to happen today. You will, some people around the world will get massacred similar. They will get executed, heads chopped off, arms and torso, arms and legs removed, right? People in China having organs removed alive without anesthetic as we speak. Persecution is going to come. In the West, it's going to be, they're going to attack your finances. They're going to attack your homes. They're going to attack your materialistic things that you hold dear so much. This is why Jesus says you have to give up everything for me. That nothing in your life should mean anything to you anymore. That your number one desire is to be with the Lord right now. If you sat there and questioned yourself, as Paul says, examine yourselves in the book of Corinthians. Examine yourselves, right? If God said, come home with me right now, would you go in a heartbeat? And you've got to think about that because I've known a brother who's been a Christian 40 years. Messianic Jew, 40 years. And he, he, would, he would stutter at that question. And he did. So the question is... Are you prepared to give up everything right now? Yes, I'll be gone in a heartbeat. You ca I can't begin to emphasize how much I want to leave. I miss my Lord so much. My desire is to be my Lord's side right this second, but I've got work to do, do just like Paul did when Paul spoke in Galatians and he made it clear in other books that his, heart, his heart's desire is to be by his Lord's side right but he stays here because he knows he's valuable here to bring people to the lord to bring people to the knowledge of god to the truth and that's my calling to tell people the truth 
I won't go into too much detail, but the Lord has said to me four years in a dream, about a month ago, two months ago, and last night I had another dream, and 2025 I know I'll be going home, which is about four years from now. The persecution will begin then. Basically in 2023, this is when the persecution is going to start, and it's going to get heavy. And any Christian or any so-called Christian out there that you call yourself a Christian, your, your allegiance and your loyalty is to Jesus before everyone in your family and everything in your life. He is number one. He is your Lord. He expects nothing less. He wants you to be completely and utterly loyal to him. And in the end times, you're going to have to make decisions. There'll be members of your family that you'll have to walk away from. There'll be members of your family that laugh at you. Jesus said that. They're going to laugh and they're going to turn you inside out. They're going to make you like your filth. They're going to laugh and joke about you. Members of your own family, friends, relatives. Same thing, relatives and family. Are you prepared to give them up? Are you prepared to give up everything for Jesus? Because that's what the Gospels say in Matthew and Luke. It's very serious stuff, guys, and people don't realize this. God is not second best in your life. He's number one. You know, Luke 9, 23, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me every day. Now, it is hard. You will make mistakes. You are going to go through struggles. I go through a few in my life. There's other people that I know go through theirs, and God knows what weaknesses you have, and he will help you and support you, but you must seek him. So how do you seek him? You read the word. You seek him in prayer. You fast. You pray in tongues. All these things are essential in a Christian path. And if you, you sit there and go, well, I don't agree with speaking in tongues. I don't agree with this. That's fine. You don't have to. The fact is this. You'll just lose out on all the benefits that I get. I get so many things spiritually you wouldn't believe. I won't go into detail. And there's things I will never tell you because that's between me and the Lord. And he's made that very clear to me, that there are things I give you, Steve, that are for you. They're not for everyone else. Guys, it's important that you understand something. Have faith like David. Just read about him in 1 Samuel 17. Read about his journey. Read about the faith that he had. The faith that you must have in Jesus, because when the persecution starts, you're going to need it. You're going to need every inch of it. Because it's going to get tough. And you'll look around you. There'll be brothers and sisters that are taking a vaccine. Brothers and sisters that will submit to the system. Brothers and sisters that will take the mark. If you take the mark, which is going to come soon. It's not miles and miles and years and years away. It's just around the corner. These people that take the mark will go to hell. There's no forgiveness for them. And Revelations 14 verse 9 makes that very clear. Those who take the mark, what happens to them. I want to encourage every one of you to have faith in Jesus. Trust in him in every aspect of your life. Just trust that he is in charge, that he loves you, that he's done it all on the cross. Now, that doesn't mean that some people believe that when he died on the cross, he died for all of the sins, past, present and future. Yes, he died for the sins in the past and up to the time you gave your life. But every sin you commit from this point on, you must repent of and he will forgive you. So when you give your life to Christ, everything you did in the past has been forgiven. The blood has cleansed you of every single sin, every single act. And from that point on, you walk with the Lord. And when you make mistakes, you turn to him and you repent. 1 John 1, 9. Read 1 John 1, 9 for that. If you repent of your sins, he's graceful in forgiving them. 
but you must come to him on your knees. You must be sincerely sorry. I do it a lot. There's something I'm struggling with and it's really hard. And it's because the flesh has fallen. The flesh desires these things and I just fall into it because I'm weak in that area. And many of you are weak. No one is strong because if you're strong, you wouldn't need Jesus. You wouldn't need a God of God, would you? We all need Jesus. And I want to emphasize the importance of having faith because if you haven't got faith, you've got nothing. James talks about in the book of James, faith without works is nothing. Works without faith is nothing. It's a combination. But your faith is first. Your faith in Christ. Your faith that he died for you. Believe he died for you. You have faith that he's forgiven your sins. 1 John 1 9. Then the works in the faith are rewards in heaven. They are not a substitute for your genuine repentance from your sin. If you think that you can work yourself off like a lot of the Catholics do, the Methodists, the Salvation Army, you name it, they all think, well, my good efforts and my good works are going to get me saved. No, you're wrong. That's what the Muslims believe. That's what Hindus believe, Buddhists believe, and the rest of them. Works-based salvation, it's not going to happen. Jesus says, your works are like filthy rags in my eyes. Don't bring them to me. Oh, I want genuine repentance. End of story. If you don't repent and you don't mean it and you don't become sanctified, in other words, if you're not changing in your spirit, if your old habits are disappearing and the new ones are in Christ, then there's something wrong. You're not a Christian. If you're the same person you were 20 years ago, the same thinking, the same attitude, the same swearing, cursing, fornication, adultery, blaspheming, all the things that they do in the world, you are not a Christian. Listen to what Jesus says in John 3, 5. You must be born again of spirit and water to inherit the kingdom of God. If you're not these things, you won't get to heaven. I'm telling you straight. God's children are few and far between. There's not billions of them on the earth right now. I would say if you said out of the 9 billion people on this earth, 8 billion or 9 billion people there are, I would say probably 2% of that are Christians, even less. All right, that's how serious it gets. When the, when the, when the tribulation comes, when the persecution comes, right, millions are going to fall away. That's two Thessalonians two, the great falling away, and then the new temple has to be built before the man of perdition stands. Sorry, sorry, the man of perdition stands in the new temple, and the great falling away, and then Jesus the Messiah will return. Neither of them have happened yet. It doesn't mean persecution is not going to come. It's going to come from every angle. So look, guys, I pray in Jesus' name that people, Lord, turn to you, have faith in you, trust you like Paul, little, little, little David in 1 Samuel 17, little boy David, just a little boy that trusted in you with all of his heart, Lord, and later on became King David. Lord, I pray that people read that and have a look at that and meditate on what he did. That goes from 1 Samuel 17 through to Samuel 18, 1 Samuel 18. I'm talking about here, 1 Samuel's first chapter 17, chapter 18. Guys, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that people read that, meditate on that, and trust in you, Father, with all of their heart, that you are with them, that you love them. But however, Lord, you, you demand loyalty, you demand, demand integrity and valor, that you will not accept second-hand Christians or compromising Christians. Because people that compromise are of the devil. They are not of you. I pray in Jesus' name that they have faith in you, that they don't take this vaccine that is the build-up, I quote, the build-up to the mark of the beast. 
I pray in Jesus' name that people trust in you. Because, Father, the way I see it, if people trust in you in every single thing and have faith in you in every single thing, they wouldn't take the vaccine, let alone anything else. Because you will supply our food. You will supply our clothes. You will supply everything we need. We do not need a vaccine or anything to do with this world. We are a separate kingdom, a separate people, as Paul says in the New Testament. I pray, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, over this message. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. And goodbye.